inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hi, and thank you for joining today. So can today, even now, attract clients through speaking? So what do you think? Our guest today will, will tell us how. Let me introduce you Lisa Reed. Whether you are a speaker or not, there is no doubt that we all have expertise that we can have an impact in the world once it's shared. As a founder of Get Speaking Geeks Now, Lisa Reed mentors business professionals and entrepreneurs who want to make an impact and ultimately attract their idea clients through speaking. As a speaker herself, Lisa has successfully booked and delivered over 500 speaking engagements. In her book, Get Speaking Geeks Now, she shares her seven-step system to getting booked, staying booked, and attracting your idea clients through speaking. Hello, Lisa. Hi, how are you? I'm so glad to be on the show. Very good. Happy to, to talk with you, Lisa, and another conversation transcontinental um, from Helsinki to California. Exactly where, where you are? I'm in Orange County, California. We're right in between San Diego and Los Angeles, the Southern California area. All right. Fantastic. Lisa, please tell us how you became a professional speaker and a coach. Well, I... Became a professional speaker in 2013 when I was hired as a speaker to develop clients. Like I was really, you know, business development for a company called Productive Learning, and I still work with them. And that's a personal development company. I had already fallen madly in love with the work that we do at Productive Learning because it's about mindset and, you know, how do you shift your thinking? How do you have an extraordinary life? And so then I got to go out and speak on their behalf. And I will say that prior to that, I have a bachelor's and master's degree in speech communication. So when I was in college, I was really interested in speaking. That never really went away. I just didn't, you know, through most of my career in my 20s and 30s, I didn't really realize that I could be a speaker. You know, I thought I had to get a different kind of job, an office type job. So it wasn't until my paths crossed with productive learning that I thought, oh, wait, I could do this. Like, I could be a speaker. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Just happened when I was 40 instead of, instead of later on or instead of earlier on. And in my first year, Oscar, I booked 83 speaking engagements And just on my own, I didn't really know anything about professional speaking, except for that I was excited about it and ready to go. And so I just started doing what I do. And people were asking me, how did you get that many gigs? Like, what, what did you do? Who did, what did you say? Tell me the secret. And yeah, I, I didn't really, I just had my head down doing my thing. I didn't really think, oh, that's anything special, you know? And Until I kept getting the feedback and I thought, okay, let me, let me see what, what is it that I'm doing that's, that's getting these results. And so then I started cataloging and really paying attention and of what exactly are the things that I'm doing? How could I teach this to somebody else so that other speakers don't have to struggle? Because I 
don't want that. You know, I want people to be able to get on the stages that, that work best for them. And so I developed, so over the years I developed a system and then launched that in 2017. And so um, now I, I teach speakers and coach them how to get all their things ready and how to, you know, how to get the gigs. What do you do? What do you say? How do you have to, what do you have to do to get ready? All those things. So sharing the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. So you, you just told us that you coach other speakers to, to mm-hmm. become a, a professional speakers. So what uh, the, are these all the all the type of professionals you work with or do you work with other other professions and and tell me what are their their main challenges they they have Um yeah I work with mostly if I was going to categorize the clients that I work with it's usually entrepreneurs and they're usually in some kind of heart centered um it doesn't have to be a heart centered industry per se but the person themselves is usually a heart centered like they are feeling deep inside of them there's a message that needs to get out to help other people. So it comes from this place of like I want to make an impact, I want to help other people, the services I can provide can help other people, something along those lines or the ideas or the products or whatever. And so usually I work with entrepreneurs, a lot of times it's other coaches or trainers, consultants, authors, people who have ideas, who are writing content, who want courses, you know, they they're writing their own courses but they just don't have a, a way or a confidence maybe in how to get um, on that stage. How, what do I say when I get on the stage? How am I going to turn that speaking engagement into money and clients? And what do I do now? And so that's, that's typically some of the challenges that they face is not that they're not intelligent. They're usually confident, intelligent, really bright driven people, but there's, I don't know if Oscar, if you can relate to this, I certainly can, where we can be really confident, but that doesn't mean we're confident 100% of the time and 100% mm. of the, you know, situations that we face. We yeah. all yes. experience, you know, self-doubt and you question yourself. And so even though the people I work with are really, really intelligent and confident, they still have doubts that stop them from, from being a speaker. I think that's probably the biggest, it's actually like the hidden, mm-hmm. you know, hidden, hidden challenge and obstacle that can keep you from being on stage. If you're like, well, what should I, how do I take, you know, decades of experience and sh- shrink that to 30 minutes? How do I ask them for business without seeming salesy? How do I, mm-hmm. you know, make a 30 minute talk, a 60 minute talk, you know, how do I, um, know what to offer when <laughs> all these questions come up. You have to make a lot of decisions when you're a speaker and when you're by yourself and you've never tried it before, it's really easy to just give up because you, you don't know the quote unquote right answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This so business, uh, business, specific business skills that you need for, for, for being a professional speaker or professional trainer. Yes. Yes. And it's scary to try it when you don't have those answers. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I don't mean to say that I have the, all the answers, certainly not. But what I do have is a lot of experience. So I can shrink down that unknown uh, bucket, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like let's, let's, here's what we do know. Here's the decisions that you need to make and here's what you can do. And you can give yourself some choices and then you got to try things out, giving people permission to fail or to make a mistake um, I think we're, 
you know, as entrepreneurs, pretty hard on ourselves sometimes. So it's like, oh, you know, let me go try this. Let's see how it goes. Okay, I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to make some tweaks. I'm going to come back and regroup. And that's part of the process. But usually we don't see that publicly. We don't see that side of it. That's the behind the scenes stuff. Kind of like an actor. An actor doesn't just come out and do an Academy Award winning performance and that's just the part that we see. Mm, yes. We don't see all the work behind the scenes and all the hours of practicing and coaching and directing. And uh, we don't see that part. Yeah, yes. That reminds me, I, I met uh, very interesting people. I mean, friends, colleagues, people not super experienced, but who I found it very interesting, very inspiring, very eloquent. That I already admire, even though they can be my age, even a bit uh, uh, younger. I mean, well, you're really good. But then uh, I'm surprised that, for instance, they don't dare to to apply for some conferences that feel they feel that no, this is too too big for me. Like what? Sometimes I get so surprised, and I think yeah. you you have had the same uh, the same feelings, right? With some very smart and eloquent people who uh, well don't dare to take the the next step. Absolutely, yeah. We can we can shut it down before we even start. I have one one client who is really, really bright. She's done a ton of what I would call speaking. It's she considers it training. And for some reason in her mind, she's having a she was having a hard time of owning that she's a speaker. I said, you have done hundreds mm. of talks. Mm. You know, what's what's stopping you from stepping into claiming that you're a speaker, you know? And so we we talked through that so that she could confidently own that title as she moves through, you know, starting, uh, she's kind of moving a different path. So, but even, even the most experienced people can still have that doubt that comes up. Mm -hmm. Tell me a bit of the, what are the, let's say, misconceptions of what people not understand well about getting paid to speak? Because some people, as you said, maybe this, this person you just described has talked uh, 100 times not yet paid to speak, um, might have some misconception about how how to cross a line also in, in that side, how to charge. So, so what would yeah. you say? Yeah, there's so many misconceptions. In my academy, I actually have a section on how to monetize your speaking engagements. And we spend a lot of time really making sure, I spend a lot of time making sure my clients are super clear on what their, what I would call a monetization path is because it's actually unique to each person. Uh, one of the things that's really cool about speaking is that you can carve your own pathway. You can decide, well, here's how I want to get paid. Here's what I want to do. There's not this like regimented way in which you must do it. Mm-hmm. Now, within that, there's there's the market, of course, what the market can bear. But um, I think one of the main misconceptions about getting paid to speak is that a lot of people still think of the speaker fee as the way to get paid to speak and uh, which it is one way. It's just the misconceptions that it's the only way. And so some of my clients uh, do a mix where certainly I always say, you know, if someone's offering to pay you to speak or that's the opportunity, don't turn that away. You know, you don't want to turn that away. But you also don't want to miss the money on the table either from other events that may not be, quote unquote, paying you as a speaker. But if you're able to give an offer at the end of your talk or during your talk, 
that could lead to way more business and way more money than a speaker fee, well, that's a better opportunity. <laughs> you mm-hmm. And my mentor was a paid keynote speaker for, for a couple of decades. And then when there was an economic crisis, she had to completely regroup and she realized she could make more as a um, waiving her fee, like waiving her speaker fee, she could make her yearly income in a weekend. Mm -hmm. And she had been traveling all over the world speaking and, you know, not, not building relationships at home because she was always gone. So I think sometimes people think of this being a paid keynote speaker as this glamorous, you know, hard to get lifestyle, but um, (laughs) it's really not for everybody. There are certain people who want to travel all the time and just really enjoy that. And, and absolutely that's their ideal. That is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. So how do you figure out a way to generate income, monetize your speaking without having to always be traveling, especially now? I mean, look right now, like we're, in a pandemic. So Mm -hmm. traveling is totally changed. So how do you be versatile? And that's, that's some of the things that we talk about in the Academy. Mm -hmm. So so how cool, how can you uh, get clients through speaking now that you mentioned already the pandemic, we cannot really travel. I know there there have been some events, some, um, uh, some local events, some local conferences, but it's, uh, it's exception right now. Um, so yeah, how, how can we do business with speaking uh, today? Actually, yeah, I think that's a really great question because now more than ever, I'm busy. I mean, I'm certainly have more speaking engagements now than I did before because wow. it has, so instead of it being a limitation, I encourage your listeners or anyone listening out there, um, to think of it as an opportunity you now can, now everyone's used to Zoom. They're used to Skype. They're used to whatever the, you know, online uh, webinar, WebEx, things like that. They're using that more and more. And you can go anywhere without leaving your home. So like we're talking internationally, I've been on more podcasts, radio shows, and been invited into virtual settings uh, that, because I can't, I don't need to fly there. They don't need to pay me to fly out. Mm -hmm. Now I can just pop on my Zoom and I'm able to be in another state really easily. So if anything, if you've had a dream of, you know, speaking in a certain country or at a certain place that's maybe just out of reach for you uh, because of other, I don't know, whatever limitations a person has, you can now target that area and say like, okay, what speaking engagements might I be able to tap into and I'll just be home but it's still, it's a virtual speaking engagement and that's an amazing opportunity. I mean, we've never been in anything like this before. So I think, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, as much as it's changed our world and there are some definitely, uh, you know, there's definitely some downsides, not, Mm -hmm. not saying there's not, but in anything, it's like, okay, so here's our situation. What do you want to do with it? How can you, how can you shift that? How can you change? And I think there's a lot of opportunities. So personally, you 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 have found more opportunities. At this I point. have, yeah, yeah. And I had I had speaking engagements. You know, we're talking. You know, when mid March hit, that's when it things started shutting down in California. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was like March 17th or something. Uh, I had live speaking engagements, in-person speaking engagements on the books, of course. Um, and so I immediately at that point reached out and said, who, you know, how can I, how can we make this work? I'm ready to go virtual. What can we do? Which is what I encourage all my clients to do. Don't, don't let those slip, slip away. Say, okay, I'm ready to pivot. Let's get, even if you don't, <laughs> even if you didn't know yet, you figure it out. Yeah. I have the camera on. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Get your webcam, get your microphone, whatever it is that you need. It's pretty easy. You can, you can, uh, for very inexpensively be able to do this, set yourself up easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as we say here. <laughs> okay. Well, now you could share with us uh, your main, some strategies, uh, how to attract clients through speaking. Yeah. Well, the, the, one of the biggest um, things you need to have in place is what I call get your, you need to get your talk ready to rock. What that means is that you've created a talk that, and I, and I work with people on this. So if they don't have it ready, that's okay. I can help them with this. This is something we do and it's a collaborative process. But when I say get your talk ready to rock, it's not just having a talk about all your expertise and you going on and on. It's, it's about how do you offer value to the audience, to the right audience, and just enough so they're interested in learning more, they're attracted to coming up to you or, you know, reaching out to you or getting on your mailing list or setting up a call with you or whatever it is, going to your next workshop or uh, buying a certain product. So how do you create, uh, so that would be a strategy number one, creating a, a talk that leads them down the primrose path, if you will, um, but also provides a ton of value for them. And uh, so that's that's our first step. And then in conjunction with that, you want to figure out who, who are your ideal clients? Where do they go? Because you don't want to just speak anywhere for anyone at any time. Mm-hmm. You want to be smart with your strategy. Like, well, where do the people that would want to work with me or where would the people be hanging out? What associations, clubs, or um, organizations, events, where are they? So it's it's what I call like getting ready for the race. Like you want to have your stuff all ready to go. And then you want to find out where, what race are you entering? You know, how are you, what places would be appropriate for you to speak? and then. You'll want to make sure you have all the things ready so that when they say, oh, well, what is it that you speak on? And can you send over your your bio and your your talk title and description and learning points and your headshots? Like you want to be ready. (laughs) You don't Mm want to not have those are like uh, the main things people are going to ask you for. So if you don't have that ready to go, you're going to feel like you got stopped in your tracks before you even got started. (laughs) So when I'm working with newer speakers, it's, it's um, part of the process is the prep and, you know, the, like we go back to the acting theme. It's like this, this, uh, you know, we got to practice the basics here. Let's get the basics down. Then we're going to put you out there, go, okay, now, you know, get on the phone or, or email to someone who's a prospect and go through the process. And then the actual speaking engagement, that's a whole nother, whole nother ball of wax, but uh, sorry, I got I I got so excited, I got off track here. So 
the, okay. the strategies to attract clients. It's all, it's all, those are all leading to that. And then you want to have, when you actually have the talk, you want to give an offer that is appeasing to, you know, is a, is appealing to the audience that they would be interested in. And that's how you're going to start attracting clients. So it's not just one thing. It's like a multi-prong approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One thing that I, um, when you mentioned that you, you need to have ready your, 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 your bio, the photo, etc. Yeah. Well, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like, um, essentials, but, um, there are people who, who, who never have a, a professional photo session, for instance. Okay. If you haven't, yeah. haven't done that, well, <laughs> you would need to arrange that and that will take you well, some time, maybe. No, and you don't have it in, in one day. So. Yeah. yeah. There's also ways that you, as a speaker, there's different ways. Like prior to me being a speaker, I mean, I'd had professional headshots done before. I've had, mm-hmm. you know, a photographer before, but not to highlight me as a speaker. So I just yes. thought of it as one photo with a background and my head, you know, like that's it. That's a headshot. And, and over the years I was like, Oh, there's actually lots of different ways I can use my photo shoot for my marketing. Now we have social media change outfits. There's all these different ways in which now I would do a head, a photo shoot that's very different than what I thought it was before. Mm-hmm. Still the same price, but I'm getting like, you know, maximizing the time and really, really making um, a big impact with that photo shoot instead of just one photo. Yeah, exactly. Being, as, as you say, very strategic on on each of these elements that will yeah will help you to have every, everything ready. So when someone wants to, to hire you, okay, you have everything ready. Exactly ready to to turn the camera on so yes yeah i think that's actually part of it like i'm really sensitive to the feelings that my clients might have or anything that could be blocking them from making that initial like reach out to that organization that wants you as a speaker and if there's any like doubt like oh i don't have my headshot my headshots aren't ready yet or oh i don't know what my talk's going to be or well what if they ask me you know what i mean so all those little doubts will stop a person from emailing will stop the person from Mm -hmm. making that call or even asking for a referral. So I want to make sure we're clean. We're ready to go. You Mm -hmm. are so confident. You've got all your ducks in a row and you are ready to go. And that really helps boost the confidence when you're out there prospecting. Mm -hmm. And today, just to know also how if thing has changed in, in this aspect about selling, selling your well, offering and selling your um, your talk. Let's say if you're selling your talk. Is it better today, or I don't know if it has changed compared to how it was before? That you are the seller, you 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 approach directly and sell directly, or is it a good idea to have a bureau for you? Is is, the, is there a difference? Um, are you saying is there a difference in like virtual versus in person when you're selling? Is that what you mean? I uh, know. I mean that if. So, um, being part of a of a bureau. Oh, a bureau. Sorry. Yes. Um, oh, I'm not a part of a bureau. Yeah. So I think it's going to depend. Again, this goes back to your strategy of what is it that you're trying to achieve. If you want um, keynote speaking, keynote paid speaking as your main source of income as a speaker, then you'll want to find a bureau that can represent you. However. Mm-hmm. Um, 
sometimes people think like, okay, I just signed up for a bureau and I now just need to sit here and wait for the phone to ring. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'll talk about myth and talk about misconception, right? Yes. Nope. That is not a good strategy. I mean, find a bureau, but that's, that cannot be, it's kind of like only having one piece of bait and one fishing hook and what, you know, just mm. what you just put it in there and just sit there and wait. So I am a person who's like, let's put all the nets out there. Let's see what we can get. And so if it's appropriate and you're a keynote level speaker, definitely find a bureau that you um, want to work with, but do not in any way stop your own searching. Um, if you're, if, if your goal is to really get out there, you got to really play all the, the chances that you can get. Mm -hmm. And as you say, in your case, you, you are the one selling every of your services directly. Yeah. And so one of the things that I like to do, I, I'm really big into empowering my clients. I want them to be able to know the skills. It doesn't mean that they have to do it forever, but I want them to be able to know Hey, if I moved or if I switched um, topics, you know, or changed industries mm -hmm. or whatever, I have the skills to now pick up the phone or send out some mm -hmm. emails, do a little research to find the speaking engagements that are going to bring me, you know, that are a match for for what I offer. And I think that's very empowering versus putting all your power into someone else's hands and waiting for them to you know, are they in, are they a part of your success? You know, like, and if they're not doing a good job, you want to be able to say, okay, here's what I need. And here's how to, you know, even if you hired someone, a virtual assistant to take this on for you, you need to train them how to do it. Or, you know, so, so I want to be in a, I want people to be enabled to do that. Yeah, exactly. I think this good that made this question to you and you uh, clarify pretty much now because he is, as part of this specific business skills that you need as a, as a professional speaker, you need the sales, the sales process, sales skills yes. that many people believe that they don't need to, but they have to, they have to learn that. And that's, and that's, as you said, it, once you learn this, you know, you learn the sales skills, the sales processes, uh, you can adapt them to another, as you say, another industry, you can sell to another industry. Yep. Yeah, a lot of times we have this dream of being a speaker and we don't realize that sales is part of it. And I don't even I don't even know if I use the word sales at all, Oscar, <laughs> in my book or my training, but How I've had yeah, I've had like 30 years of sales experience. And of course that's gonna help. But you don't need to know everything, but you sure. need to know some things. And a part of I think the benefit of anyone who's been in sales is you get used to you get used to rejection and it doesn't hurt so bad. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you go, Oh, you don't want what I have. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the next person, you know, and you just pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep moving. And uh, if you've never, if you haven't maybe built up that skin, it can, it can be mm. a little daunting. <laughs> it can yes. be scary. So that's sometimes I'm, an, I'm also behind my clients going, it's okay. We're going to be fine. You're just moving on. We're going to mm -hmm. go to the next one. No big deal. They'll call you back if they want you to come, you know, so exactly. Just... not, not, not getting too down in the dumps over stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So Lisa, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? My favorite one. Oh my gosh. Um, 
I, I think uh, one of the ones that I say a lot is someday is not a day on the calendar. Like mm. I'm going to do it someday or someday I'll think of, you know, someday I'll write my book. Someday I'll be a speaker. Someday I'll have my own business. Someday, whatever. And that's not a day on the calendar. It just mm. isn't. So I'm like, pick a day. Let's do it. What do we got? Just pick a day. And I think there's a power, a power in that. Yeah, exactly. So. Someday is not a day in the calendar. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Could you recommend us now one book that has been inspiring or influential for you? Um, one of the books that I have found to be really helpful is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that or read that? I read that. Well, actually, the, the audio book, so I listened to that. Yeah. yeah, me too. I loved listening to her voice, actually. And... Um, I love it because it talks about, she really goes into depth of how books come to her. Like, I, I don't know if you remember, but it's kind of almost like an energy or a being or a thing. It's like this idea that mm -hmm. kind of starts to creep in and, and show itself. And I think that I have the same experience when I'm coming up with a new talk Um, I'll wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and it'll start coming, you know, I'll, I'll like, I can't turn my mind off and I'll just get up and I'll start writing because I know that's, that's the time, like that's mm -hmm. the inspiration time. And one of the things I liked about that she shared, well, lots of things in the book, but is that, um, if you ignore it, like if you push it aside, it might go away and it mm -hmm. might you know, find its way onto someone else. And, And so I, I think it's important to really listen to that part of you, that creative part of you, whether it's you're trying to write a book or create content or develop a course or create a talk, whatever that is, whatever that creative being that's coming into you, like listen to it, you know, give it voice, give it life. And I, I really love that about that book. Yes, definitely. Um... I would also recommend that book. It's definitely a super interesting book, nicely written and a lot to learn from that. So uh, could you now share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend that doing it regularly, a routine to shine? Um, I don't know if it's a routine to shine. This is probably going to be the, but this is one of this. I will say this is like a lifeline of your business. How about that as a speaker? <laughs> okay. Um a lot of times uh, it's the things behind the scenes that keep that, that are the difference between speaking and not speaking. And one of the things that I've done religiously, and it's probably because of my sales background is I have what's called a CRM, which is a contact relationship manager, just like a software mm -hmm. that tracks what you would call like your prospects, your clients, your opportunities. Yes. And I, use it on a regular basis, you know, Monday through Friday, and I track things, I put notes in things so that that way, when I talk to somebody, I'm, I'm, I don't, A, I don't forget the conversation and B, I know when to follow up with them. And I know that may sound very boring and maybe it's not the thing that people want to hear like this magic fairy dust, but my goodness, if, if I didn't have that, I would, I would never know who to follow up with. I would opportunities would just disappear into thin air. They would. And, 
And I wouldn't have had the success that I've had today with the clients and the amount of, you know, when we talk about booking 83 speaking engagements in my first year, that type of system Mm -hmm. is what helped me do that and still having fun and still, you know, talking to people and building relationships. But that, that what it may be called boring system in the background is, is part of the magic to make it happen. Okay. So that was part of your secret. A CRM. <laughs> I don't usually talk about that, <laughs> but yeah. no, I, well, I tell my clients about that. I don't usually talk about it on a podcast, but that's, that's, that's what but keeps the wheels going on this machine. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. But I like it because it's uh, super practical and something that you have to be following that regularly. You have to be, okay, you have the CRM, but you have to be uh, putting the information regularly about your calls, um, the status of your potential customers, etc. So it's super important, not only to, let's say, get a subscription and start it, but also being being consistent on that. Absolutely. And there's there's free options too. So mm-hmm. it's not, yes. you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. If you're just starting out, you know, look up something that's free and try it out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Lisa, for this very interesting interview, uh, talking a lot about the business of uh, public speaking so please let let us know uh, how people can learn more about you or get in touch with you what are the best ways oh yeah the best way is to go to my website get speakinggigsnow.com and on there there's a few resources for you there's uh if you would like a speaker strategy session we can there's a button there where you can schedule a call with me that's really, if you are like ready to get started and you, everything we've been talking about, you're like, oh, I need to do that. Yeah, I need to do that. I get to, I need to get that done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're in that spot, then definitely schedule a call with me and we can see where you are and where you want to go. And if I can help close that gap for you, then I will let you know and we'll talk about the next steps. There's also a free um, five top tips to get more speaking gigs. So you can, you can get that. There is uh, a link to the networking organization that I lead OC speakers network, which now we're virtual. So it's really international speakers. (laughs) It's anyone, anyone who'd like to participate. So there's a bunch of resources on there um, for, for any of your listeners out there. Excellent. Many ways to find you. Well, again, thanks a lot, Lisa. It was great talking with you and all the best. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 